following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. Welcome back to Cowboys Break, presented by SWBC Mortgage Studio. We are here, Nick, Dave, and me. Derek is nowhere to be found right now, but we're going to start the show and <laughs> and see how it goes. No, he's busy doing other important things, Stuff. as always. Um, but how are you guys doing? I'm great. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. I hear oh, okay. I can't, I, my headphones are on the fritz, so I'm just making sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. About okay. as awesome as you could be, you know, after spending a week in Hawaii and then I come back here. Relaxed, ready to go, ready to ready for the draft. Knock out this draft, and you know you're at that point in the draft where it's just, especially on our staff because we we start this thing early. We started it as early as we've ever done it in in like December and November. But um, you know you're at the point where like it's still nothing happens other than maybe a trade here or there or somebody has a bad forty time or. Whatever that kind of lowers some stock or surgery for to a player, but I mean, you still like nothing has really happened. It's still like right here. We're we're getting so close, but we've we've like beaten this thing to death here, and it's like it's time to do it. I'm bored. Yeah, that's. I mean, having a top ten pick is great, but there's really only so many ways you can slice it before it, you're just repeating yourself. Yeah, and it gets annoying when it's like. I mean, I'm not saying that nothing. Everything should be on the table. But it's like you just go in these waves where you're like, wow, what are we going to talk about today? You know, it's like, what if they trade Michael Gallup and get a receiver? You know, let's let's put the receivers in the mix now. You know what I mean? Just things like that when I think we all know it's going to be Sertan or Horn. I mean, that's what I think it's – that's what I think. Sertan, Sertan or Horn or Pitts. I think those are really – I think it'll be one of those three players. I just don't see him even getting anywhere close to 10. Neither do I. But you didn't see C.D. Lamb getting to 17 either. No, so you just but, can't – can't take it off the table, but I, if I had to bet today, I would put I would feel very comfortable betting on one of those cornerbacks being the pick. Yeah, I'd say fifty percent, forty percent. I'll give you ten percent for Pitts. Sounds about right. Well, Stephen Jones did have an interview with the mm-hmm. fan earlier. I, was it yesterday it was or the, the, to Monday. the yeah earlier this week, and he did talk about getting starting to get some calls and people, other teams that might be interested in making a trade if their guy is still available up there. So that's still that's already kind of yeah. on the table. Uh, he didn't necessarily say much about that whole possibility of whether or not they would, in fact, take a trade to move back. Or, I mean, he, he can't really say much about that. I but. do think it's interesting that he said that they've gotten some calls already, and he said he expects it to heat up here over the next week, you know, leading up to actual draft day. And there have been reports, which I use reports like facetiously, because I think Ian Rappaport said the other day that Miami is getting calls about trading out of number six, and the Panthers are getting calls about trading out of number eight. And I'm like, so basically, Miami and Carolina want y'all saying that. Like, they want people to know that those picks are available. And to some degree, maybe Stephen Jones does, too. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, 
if they feel good about their chances that one of those cornerbacks falls a little ways, maybe you know if you could trade back and get another pick out of it, it's not it's not the worst thing yeah. in the world. I think you know, and teams, if you if you say something like that, like if you say like, yeah, we've gotten some calls, I just think. Maybe it doesn't mean that they're going to trade, but they want you to know that that they're open to it. I think. Yeah, and you know the the key is the quarterbacks. It's it's, it's uh, Fields from from Ohio State, um, maybe Trey Lance, um, and then Mac Jones. You know th- those guys. They, I think the Cowboys want four of those five four for the five quarterbacks to be gone, and I think they would prefer one of them to be still there because that's what's going to move somebody to to trade for them if they want to trade. I mean, an ideal situation though would be to have, you know, four quarterbacks gone and then just everyone loves the receivers, yeah. you know, in pits. And then and then you're sitting there with like, okay, you're at 10 and the, somebody wants that one of those quarterbacks and both corners are still there. Then you fall back to I say New England because New England could New England's just the easiest yeah. one because it's they're only five spots away and they need a quarterback like you know we keep yeah. using them as an example but it does make sense yeah I, I I look at it it was I was looking at at this magazine actually if I can I don't know what camera will be on there but I was looking at the magazine and I was like all right I, I was like I've got you could take Sertan at ten. You could trade back ideally for Horn at 15. You could trade back to 20 and maybe get Farley if you feel good about it. Or trade up to, for 5 and get Pitts if you want to do that. So 5, 10, 15, and 20, that's really what I look at of these four guys. You know, And I don't, I don't know if Farley at 20 is, is a thing. Cause moving back 10 spots, I mean, that's next year's number one. Better right? be. Yeah, come what on, do you, Chicago. Do you like that? Hell yeah. Next year's one? Come on, Chicago. How much do you want your quarterback? Let's go. Give me next year's one and... Probably like something this year. Yeah, this year's three and next yeah. year's one. I'll I'll let you get up to ten. I'll I'm just fine. Like there there'll still be a cornerback there at twenty, whether it's Caleb Farley or Greg Newsom. Uh I'd feel a lot better about drafting one of these pass rushers at twenty yeah. than I would at ten. Right. Like a Phillips or something. Add a first round pick next year. Absolutely. And like especially a first round pick to a team that's having that's gonna yeah. play a quarterback. Chicago sucks. Like, I know they you made want the playoffs them last year, but they're not good. Yeah, you you want them to to go and, and struggle with their quarterback and turn thing, you know, and, and that'll be a good pick for you. So right now nothing is out of the question. No. There is a possibility Trevor to Lawrence. trade up, trade Tre- down, stay Tre- there. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is out of the question. <laughs> well yeah, yeah that's about table. it. That's, that's about it. <laughs> that's about it. But another thing that um we all kind of already knew and that Stephen Jones did mention again was they are focused in defensive players in this draft that's their main focus but as always if the right kind of guy kind of lands there (laughs) then they're definitely more than open to go for it and take the opportunity that would be uh is there any any other name other than the tight end Mm -hmm. that would kind of be attractive for the cowboys at this point I mean, you have to mention the tackles, Rashawn Slater and Panay Sewell. And if if an offensive player is going to be the Cowboys' first pick, I think it would be one of those three guys, Kyle Pitts or one of the tackles. I I don't know how you justify a receiver unless you really are going to trade Michael Gallup, which I don't see the point. Um, And given what they said about Lyle and Tyron, you think they would be willing to take that kind of risk and actually go for a tackle? I don't get the sense. I think the Cowboys – and. I've been saying the same thing is I think they feel a lot more confident about Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins than the average fan does. I think that they think they're going to be fine or at the very least 
they can get by with the combination of guys that are already here and maybe if you draft a guy later on. Like, I don't get the sense that they think it's so dire that they need to draft a guy at 10. And, and you also got to remember those two guys you mentioned, I think that if they w- were to draft them because that's just the best guy available, um, and then you get to, you know, you get to March, I mean, you get to uh, May, June, and you're like, man, Tyron and Lyle look great. Well, one of these two is playing guard. Yeah. Playing left guard mm-hmm. with Connor Williams' spot, probably. And maybe Connor can play center. You know, I mean, I mean, but you're, they have value. That's why you draft a tackle at number 10 is probably because they can play anywhere. Yeah, I would think. I would think they could play inside at guard for a little bit. So it's not like you just would wait, be wasting a pick this year. They're going to play somewhere. But I still think at the end of the day. I just uh, think. Yeah, I, I, one of those two cornerbacks is almost yeah. guaranteed to be there, and that's and I and the reason why I defer to Pitts, and you can yell at me if you want to, but I just I think he's that rare of a talent. Like if you were trying to comp him, the like the comp for Kyle Pitts is probably Calvin Johnson, honestly. Like <laughs> which that's insane, and so I don't think you can pass up on an opportunity like that. But that's why I don't think he'll be there, so mm-hmm. I don't really think it's an issue. Yeah. I could see somebody trying to trade into that pick to to get him, or if he still just falls. he goes in the top six picks because yeah. other teams are going to feel the same way. I mean, if I'm Atlanta, I'm you know, I mean, I'm not trying to get a quarterback. I got Matt Ryan for a little bit, and because I believe honestly, if you would have showed me this magazine last year, we don't you don't even know. Well, these these don't have quarterbacks, but you don't even know who these quarterbacks are. They 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 develop. I mean, I don't think Wilson at BYU was a. I mean, he was a first round pick, maybe, but not number two overall. No. Lawrence was. Fields had to have another year, and he and he excelled. And Lance, you know, I mean, he was kind of on. He only played like one game or so. But I mean, Mac Mac Jones certainly needed to elevate his. So I just think every year there's going to be a quarterback, but not every year there's going to be a tight end like this guy. So, I mean, I, I just can't see him falling past four or five, honestly. Yeah. I, just, I mean, that's the – and, you know, this isn't Falcons talk. but No, that's, it isn't. It's the age-old talk of, you know, do you want to reset your financial window? Uh, I mean, or do you want to build around a new quarterback? Like, how confident are you that Matt Ryan can give you four or five more years of high-caliber play? Because yeah. if you don't think he can, then you should probably draft a quarterback. But that's their problem to that's figure problem. out, not mine. Well, but it all domino, you know, effect is just how many how many of these defensive studs are going to be there, and I think I, I really th- think the Cowboys will will take the first or second defensive player. I mean, I don't think they'll be one till nine, right? Maybe Detroit at seven, maybe. But yeah, I agree. I mean, let's if the three best defensive players in this draft are J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan, and Micah Parsons, two of those three will be available, or maybe all three. So, and that's why I really think that they're going to. Draft defense first, like yeah. it just—it makes too much sense not to. Well, we're gonna find out soon enough in l- about a week. The draft starts, and we shall uh, get to see boy. what actually happens on the first day of the NFL draft. My only hope, whether they draft a defensive player or an offensive player, whatever they decide to do with the tenth overall pick, I just hope that with the rest of the draft that they are able to pick the right defensive players to actually help this defense. Because looking at the list of previous draft, and we're going to finish kind of what we started last week with Derek, talking about previous draft and, and the players, where they were selected and how they developed and wh- whether it was a bust or mm-hmm. uh, 
they they were above average or any of that. Um, there were some questionable choices there, so yeah. we'll get to that in a bit. But before we move on to that part, I did want to mention real quick, uh, just because it came out yesterday and it, it's part of the news, but cornerback Rashad Robinson, he was suspended by the NFL two games uh, due to using... Um, what do you call it? Performance enhancing. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, of course, not everybody still understands all the rules. Things have changed in the NFL's you know, um, policies there, but it's not like you can just take whatever. So I, we, we really don't know all the details. I mean, I, yeah. I think it, it's harder for guys to get a suspension, but if they do, then obviously you kind of know where they stand there. And I think, I think there's a reason why the NFL announces this right now. Um, because if you wait longer, because they know that teams have to cut players, and Richard Robinson, in my opinion, is a guy that very easily could have been cut um, at, at some point. I don't think I don't think they can really cut him right now. Um, I think they could, but I mean, you're not really supposed to cut guys if, if they've been suspended or definitely in the program like this. So. Um, we know he, he wasn't necessarily a very impactful player for the Cowboys or anything like that. He kind of made his way into the roster because of uh, all the injuries, injuries and the necessity of just depth at the position. Looking at what the Cowboys currently have, I mean, is this a guy that they kind of do need to keep because of depth? I think he would have been released, honestly. I, I, I think after the draft, you, you, you draft a corner. Uh, you might draft two corners, honestly. I think you, I think you could see a four, fifth, sixth round pick. You can get another corner, probably get a free agent corner. I think he's one of the players that's probably released. I think they have like eighty something players on the roster. Yeah, so you got to get rid of about ten at least. I feel so guilty for saying this, but like you know, been I've had to I've been handed some big time suspensions over my time covering this team. Like, you know. Randy Gregory, Zeke mm-hmm. Elliott, you're just like, how are they going to get by without this guy? And <laughs> it, it's a nice, I feel guilty, but like it's a nice change of pace where that email came down yesterday and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. like definitely not a lock to make the roster, not even a lock to make it to training camp. And even, even if you do want to keep him around, it's a two game suspension, which is like nothing compared mm-hmm. to some of the four, six, ten game suspensions we've seen around here, which. I'm not trying to make light of any of that, but like in terms of like this is this is a blip on the radar for me because yeah. they're going to draft cornerbacks next week, and uh, I just don't see this as a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I hesitate even going down this route, but at, at least because we don't know much of anything. Mm-hmm. But I think we it, it, we have to just acknowledge the fact that um, Trayvon Diggs' name is in the news right now. Um, not sure all the details of that, but um, you know it's something that everybody has to 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 be you know leery of and see what how, how things develop there. Um, it doesn't change their opinion on drafting cornerbacks. They're going to draft one anyways, but you know you just got to be prepared for everything and just hopefully for Trayvon's sake, hopefully everything's good. I'm just going to I think just leave it at that. I, I don't I'm not trying to imply, but I don't, we don't know all the details. I just know that there's some you know his name's been thrown out there and accused of some things. So we'll see how how things develop. Hopefully the best for for Trayvon and everybody involved there. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a credible news source touch that to this point, right. so I'm not going to either. Right. I mean, that's until just, that's, otherwise notified. Yeah. So, 
But I know I know people over on that side of the building have kind of they're you know they've heard it too. They're like, what's, what's going on here? So that that's kind of where we stand. Not trying to ignore anything, but again, it, it, like Dave said, it, nothing really credible yet. It could be nothing. Yeah. Hopefully it is. Well, um, hopefully it is yeah. nothing, and uh, there's no drama on the defensive side because we don't need any of that right yeah. now. The Cowboys do not need any of that, and I don't know why. It always usually happens to be a defensive player for some reason, but um, talking about another defensive player that's not with the Cowboys but has been somewhat in the news and, and around social yeah. media, and we were kind of wondering what kind of happened with uh, as to why maybe the Cowboys did not give Alden Smith another contract, and this didn't really, I mean, this, what happened was recently, so it didn't necessarily have to do with the reason as to why the Cowboys didn't offer him any other contract, but just to mention it real quick, he, he's in some trouble right now. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a warrant out yeah. for his arrest uh, allegedly. Uh, that's what's been re- reported uh, for an incident that happened in New Orleans last weekend. So he was already kind of involved with some 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 things you know around the NFL, kind of trying to see. And I even said this I guess a couple of weeks ago that uh, there's been talk that you know he he might be facing a suspension. But there, again, don't know all the details mm-hmm. that the Cowboys really had. No serious interest in bringing him back. I don't think that was ever a thing. Seattle has is the only team really that's ever showed any interest in them. Um, they wanted to trade for him in the middle of the season. The Cowboys didn't do that. In hindsight, they probably should have. Uh, but you know, I mean, Seattle. Did signed. we ever? Did we ever get uh, a report on what the compensation would have been? Some, some, somebody just said they should have taken their fifth round pick, you know. But I don't know if that's even a thing. If they just no, and guessing. that's like, I mean, if if Seattle was offering a day two pick, then they probably should have done it. But I've seen, I've seen people kill the Cowboys for not doing that trade. And if all they were getting was a sixth round pick, I'd have rather had Alden Smith, who was one of their better pass rushers and who actually seemed like he gave a damn. Like yeah. at least from my outsider's perspective, mm-hmm. yeah. I never actually. That's the funny thing. I got a few calls when, like, just radio interviews and yeah. stuff like that. When Alden signed in Seattle, <laughs> people asking me, they're like, "Well, what's he like?" I'm like, "I have no idea. I covered the season during a pandemic. I never met the man. I talked to him a couple times on Zoom. Yeah. So it's tricky. But from my perspective, basically sitting on my couch like everybody else, like it seemed like he cared. It seemed, and yeah. so I was like, as bad as this defense was, I would have rather had him out there trying yeah. than an extra sixth-round pick. Like, I don't – I'm not going to kill the Cowboys for not doing that you deal. Know, quarterback pressures is such a big stat. I mean, it matters. It affects the game, um, not just sacks. I mean, pressures are a big deal. And D-Law, I think, led the team with 40 last year, and, and Alden Smith had 38. I mean, so he's, he's getting there. He, he, he was getting there, but – I still think there was a reason why the Cowboys decided not. At that point, though, you got to remember Seattle. Of course, he had three sacks against Seattle, so yeah. the Seahawks were like, "Well, let's get this guy." Um, but I think you know the Cowboys are like, "Well, I mean, so far so good. He's coming off a five-year absence, and this is what this is one you know year in a pandemic. If we can get him, keep him going." But I think between that happened, the trade deadline, and the end of the season, and it just didn't seem to get that much better. And and who knows what they were asking for, but it just it just didn't work out to to bring him back. 
Just one of uh, of those cases that's just unfortunate because once again when he got here, everyone was talking about him and kind of how impressive yeah. it was him coming back from not playing for like five years in the NFL to playing the way that he was playing at the beginning of the season. So just uh, another unfortunate case that and did not work out let's here. Let's also remember, too, that one of the reasons his production dropped some is because Randy Gregory returned. He came back. He yeah. came back off of suspension and he, he was playing better and I think they just have more hope for what what he can do. All right, well, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get back into the previous draft and and players that were picked at certain spots and just kind of talk about whether they exceeded, met, or were below expectations when we come back after this break. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Back to the break. Cowboy fans, enter the free-to-play draft pick challenge presented by DraftKings for a chance to win two 2021 season tickets. Submit your picks before the draft starts on April 29th. You must be 21 years of age or older to play. To see the official rules and enter now, go to dallascowboys.com slash draftpickchallenge. It's an interesting thing, by the way. I was I was kind of a part of this a little bit and uh, what they're doing. And, and you, everybody loves to be right. Everybody loves to pick stuff. We do it. We, we have our own mock drafts and that we we do and uh, so fans can can put in there they can put uh, they can try to get all ten of them right uh, you and they can get you there's different strategies you can do you can try to get the seventh round pick right or you can just say I'm taking all ten of these guys and put them on my list and if if I get some points I'll get I'll get some points out of it I'm gonna get something right so uh, it, it'll be fun to do they, they did it last year with some season ticket holders and it went really well so now they're opening it up to everyone so draft pick challenge can we do it. I think so. I mean, you can do it. Um, 
But you already have season tickets because you're <laughs> going to be at the game. So I don't know if you'd, I don't know if you'd be eligible. But, yeah, you could definitely do it. In fact, we, we should. We should play along. All right. Well, last week we did not get that far. <laughs> we just got through the 2016 draft. We went through those picks, and then we started the 2017 draft and just got to talk about Taco Charlton. Other than that, we didn't get that much further down. So let's start off with the second-round pick, which was Chirobi Abuzie, and whether or not – we didn't talk about him last week, no, right? No, Okay. Did he exceed Met? Or was below expectations. That's really and that a bunch of conversations happened about that when he left for Cincinnati. Um, I think it's I think it's fair to say he didn't meet them. Yeah. But I also think it's it's harsh to say that he was like a bust of a pick. You know, like he's right there where he started for four years. Um, you know, he had some injury issues. He was fine. You know, people give him a hard time. It seemed like he got picked on at times, but his coverage was – he. you know, we, what what was it, like almost Anthony Spencer? Yeah. He's almost almost, almost a woozy because yeah. he was a, a fraction of a fingertip away from batting down so many balls that were eventually completed. Um I, I feel mean killing the guy, but I think probably just there's, just below the expectations. There's three levels that that we put on here, right? Meet mm-hmm. expectations above and below. There's two more extremes. One is f- phenomenal pick, and then mm-hmm. bust. Complete bust. Yeah. And so he's he's he he was below expectations because you you draft mm-hmm. the guy in the second round. Um, you, you think he's going to be here and have, have a chance to maybe you know make 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 a Pro Bowl, maybe you know, and he you know he plays four years. Played out his his, um, his contract and then he went to another team. That he's a pick. You expect more than that, but he wasn't a bust. I mean, he played. He, uh, he is a pick. Yeah. he's not a great pick. He's not a bad pick. He's just he's he, a pick. He was okay. a pick. And then another guy that tends to be talked about when you mention Cheeto is Jordan Lewis right. because he was picked in the third round and he's also a player that plays the same position. What do you guys think about him? Well, his. Situation's a little different too, because of how of what happened when they drafted him. You got to remember, and, and it feels like forever ago. Um, but when they drafted him, you know he had some legal issues still pending, and the Cowboys did their homework on him mm-hmm. and said, "We feel confident that that whatever he's being accused of, it's gonna his name will be cleared. We 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 love the kind of guy that he is." And they they took a chance on him, and they were right. They yeah. were right on on him, and he's one of. I mean, you ask anybody that covers the Cowboys who. Their favorite players are Jordan Lewis is going to be on everyone's list. He's he's just awesome, but but he makes plays too. So to me, he exceeded expectations because when when you drafted him, you're like, I just hope he gets on the field. I hope he can do stuff. He's he signed a second contract. He's considered one of their better playmakers. So in my opinion, I think he has actually exceeded uh, the expectations because they were a little bit different coming in. It's tricky, and I again going back to the Cheeto thing, I had a. I had a, I'm not going to call it an argument, but a healthy debate with uh, Marcus Mosier, who does a really good job um, covering the draft and the team. And it, you know, I, I've I've said this a million times, like top 100 pick, the expectations are a certain level. And like you look at Jordan Lewis, and you're like, oh, 26 starts, 26 starts in four seasons. Like yeah. my expectations are a little bit higher. But having said that. And the reason I brought this up is, you know, we were arguing about Cheeto, and he showed me. He was like, here are all of the cornerbacks drafted in the second round over the last 20 years, and this is what they did. 
and Cheeto's actually like on the high end of of what that was because the learning curve for cornerback is so tough. And so maybe maybe I should give these guys a little bit of grace. But at the same, then I look at uh, oh, absolutely. And but this is why this is why we're doing this. And not to cut you off, but why we're doing this is to take us back to this draft. And so if that's mm-hmm. the case, if you're telling me no. Cheeto's one of the better second round picks. You better get your cornerback here. I had no. I had a long argument, and um, I think we're putting it out today. We did a big segment about cornerback with Kyle Yeomans and Danny Sarek. Had a long argument building the building, building the board, board. Yeah. and he was um, he was like, "Well, they got Trayvon Diggs in the second round last year." I was like, "Look, we all feel good about what Trayvon Diggs did on the field, but he got picked on." You know, yeah. like there's a certain. I mean, if you want if you want to upgrade the position, you better be drafting in the top ten. Like that's where the badasses are. You yeah. Know, you know, I know. You know, there's a there's a success Especially. story. There's a Richard Sherman everywhere for every position, but it ain't likely. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, it's easy for me to say like Jordan Lewis didn't meet the expectations, but. Maybe that's about what a third-round cornerback far, is capable of. As far as Jordan Lewis, I mean, would you say it was more on him whether because of his talent or more on the coaching and what they were looking well, for that's, specifically that's, in a cornerback, I mean, which hurt him? I mean, he didn't get much of both, an opportunity. Both, but that's annoying because yeah. if you – I mean, you drafted him in the top 100 – and I know, you know, Chris Richard came in, but like the defensive coordinator was the same. Like Rod Marinelli, I assume, was on board with that pick. Jason Garrett was on board with it. So it's annoying to think that they mm-hmm. were like, we like him enough to use a third round pick on him. And then as soon as he got here, they were like, you know, you're too short or whatever the problem because, was. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't shrink. I mean, yeah, like, like you knew what you were getting and yeah. you were okay with it on draft day. And then. And that's, and that's one of the reasons why I think. The, the start number can be a little bit misleading because he does he, he has a niche position. I mean he he's a he's a slot guy and not everybody not every corner can play the slot. So he does that and so sometimes you don't start. Sometimes you do. You you come in on nickel depends on how they start the game. You don't technically get to start. But I think he's been for the most part he has been a a regular contributor. There was one year he wasn't getting a lot of playing time, but for the most part he's been there. I so. think. I think Jordan and Cheeto are very, very similar in the sense of yeah. these were not bad picks, but you probably didn't right. meet the level of hype quite quite enough. Well, here's a bad one for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fourth round pick. Okay. Oh, wait. <laughs> Ryan Switzer. He was actually – yeah, he was in the fourth round. Um, well – I was never a fan, Here's really, what, to no, be honest. No, but that's just <laughs> there's yeah. There's a he's okay. I mean, <laughs> I think the the what we don't have here, and I don't know if you know this, what they get for him because they did trade him. I believe yes, that was the did. Jihad Ward trade, right? Didn't they go player for player and get Jihad Ward out of well, Oakland? And then so much for that. I was about to just say, what they get? You know, sometimes you get something and it turns into I something honestly else. Honestly, don't remember. I think that they yeah, traded a, a trade. they traded a sixth for Tavon to bring Tavon here, and then I believe right. uh, I believe because, it was because yeah, they, uh, o- Oakland. It was Oakland at the time. They sent Ward here for Switzer, and right. Ward was a guy that Marinelli, Rod Marinelli, just did whatever the hell he wanted to the whole time he was here. Like he liked Ward in the draft cycle that he came out. I remember. I think he was a Senior Bowl guy the year the Cowboys yeah. coached the Senior Bowl. So they sent Switzer away for Jihad Ward, who yeah. you know didn't but, do much here. But I've, I found this out the other day too. I'm doing some, we're doing some documentary on um, some draft day stories, and, and you can say that about Rod Marinelli did whatever he wanted. Uh, he did it for the better of the, betterment of the team too, because a lot of the guys, the defensive coordinators, all coaches are selfish. They want as many toys as they can have. Marinelli 
cut the tie between Ramsey and Zeke and said, listen, they're both great. You get me a running back that can control the game with this yeah. offensive line, we'll be fine on defense. Mm. Not a lot of defense coordinators will say that when they have a really stud cornerback you know, over there in Ramsey who's been everything as advertised, if not better. So, um, but, but to say all that about – Flip side of that, I mean, you're, yes, I get you, but and, – and that <laughs> – you're just going to go down a wormhole, but you know you could have Jalen Ramsey and Derrick Henry here. I mean, yeah. in an alternate reality, just saying. But you could play that game forever. Yeah, of course. That's what makes the draft so fun. Yeah. Um, Twitter right, was okay. okay. He, he was okay. He, I think I've put him as a pick. He returned a punt for a touchdown. Hadn't had a lot of guys doing that. Yeah, I, it's, it's okay. That's F- fumbled a punt in a game against the Rams that could have probably lost the game for him. It, it definitely played a role. It, it's hard to – he was here for a year. It seemed like his arrow was pointing up when they traded him. I think I'll just admit my human bias. I don't know if you – like, he had a whole thing with his son. His son was really sick here yeah. in the last, like, six weeks. Yeah. Sounds like he's okay. Good. But I I don't – I I can't I'm – no, I'm not going to sit here and dog a guy who was here for a year. I don't know. Here's another thing about Switzer, too. Y'all are making me feel bad. No, it's, I mean – you got to remember, how many guys that look like him do you need on your team? I mean, not some some teams will say zero. You definitely don't need two, and they had Beasley. <laughs> they had Beasley, and it's hard for him to do. I mean, you know that that's why they traded him. Um, in hindsight, if you don't have Beasley, you know you can maybe have a role. He's bouncing around a little bit. Played with the Steelers. Played with the Raiders, but he's not in the league. Is that right? I think he, he's with the Browns right now. Good, or, good for him. Uh, uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah. Whatever. All right. Moving on then. Not uh, great. Not bad. All right. Xavier Woods, sixth round. He exceeded expectations yes. for me because he started games and um, and he he did you know he did stuck around stuck around. When we got to the point where he was a starter, now his expectations were different, and he went below expectations for what I thought he would be last year. Definitely, if you're going to go into a trade a draft uh, night and you're not going to take a safety in the second round because you have Xavier Woods and that guy's starting and maybe has a Super Bowl mm-hmm. ring in uh, Juan Thornhill um, because of Xavier Woods. Then yeah, that's 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 bad. But as far as the overall pick, you have to say he exceeded. Over, overall, that's a great pick. Yeah. If you get a guy in the sixth round who's capable of starting four years for you, that's good drafting. Now, you know, I think everybody was ready for that experiment to end, and I, I think he lost most people with his comments after the Browns game. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Um, I cert, like I think it was a good decision to let him leave, and but that you know. There's, it's not always going to be guys that you invest in and guys that bust. Like you know, you drafted him on day three. You got four years of starts out of him. That's good roster building. It's a good pick. And if I'm not mistaken, I mean, typically you don't expect a six round that, pick to be a starter, right? No. The, you For that don't. Long. Six round picks aren't no. locks to make the team. Like no. yeah, so once like. First through first through fourth, I expect you to make the team. Fifth round, still probably expect you to make the team. Sixth and beyond. If you're even on the roster, that's that's good. You did a good so I mean, yeah to to play contribute and start for that many years as a sixth round pick is very good. And and when you just look at six and seven together, just kind of throw it out there together, because uh, at that point it's just crapshoot. If you go back and look at these drafts, they're they're getting one, they're getting one a year. That's like wow. I mean, it's like throwing stuff at the wall and yeah. see Anthony Brown stuck. Um, uh, Xavier Woods stuck. Noah Brown, he, he stuck. I mean, he's not great, but I mean, he's still here. Uh, Cedric Wilson, I'm skipping around the drafts. Cedric Wilson, Donovan Wilson, um, you know, surrounded by all these other guys that aren't really here anymore. Last year, 
they didn't even have a sixth round pick last year. Danucci, I mean, he started a game, but but I, I mean, I don't think that they really have anything that has stand, stood out this last year. But every year they're getting like one guy at the end of the draft that's really a, a really really good pick. So that was Xavier Woods was that pick. Yeah. Well, I think the the rest uh, on the list we can kind of knock out yeah. <laughs> knock out pretty quickly. We have Marquez White, which was a sixth rounder too. I don't think he made the team. Nope. Uh, he kicked around on the practice squad for a minute, but I don't think he was ever on the oh. 53. Joey Ivy and Jordan Carroll, I don't yeah. think, made it out of their first training camp. And then, no, I love Noah Brown. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. I Whatever. You can hate him all you want. He just keeps finding ways to stick around. It's just one of those that you're always kind of hoping for more, and you kind of see it there, and he just never gets there. Aren't, like... I get maybe that's maybe that's the problem is like I'm not hoping for more from a seventh round pick, especially if Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb are on the depth chart. Like, what do you want him to do? I mean, he he has a very niche role. I do like it seems like he's expanded on it. It was very frustrating at the beginning of his career when he it was like Jason Garrett was signaling the other sideline like we're going to run the ball. Noah Brown's in the game. Right. right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that was really annoying, but that's not Noah Brown's fault. Um, well, they changed that last year when he got every target. Remember that one game yeah. where it was like, "Oh my god, stop throwing the ball to Noah Brown." Like, what's the, what, did he sign a contract extension we didn't even hear about? Or yeah, did he switch jerseys. Who, there were a couple games where targets. People were just frantically tweeting us like, is CD hurt? Where's CD? It's like, <laughs> no, no, just they decided to roll with Noah here in the fourth quarter. Not really sure <laughs> and it's why. Not working. That's yeah. the thing. It was like six targets and one reception. Like that yeah. that is like the worst ratio. I still in the don't league. I don't view this as Noah Brown's fault. Like if they like you're not gonna be like, No, coach, I think C D should go in. You're gonna go in the game. So Yeah. I you know, I I think you're he's, saying it doesn't happen a lot. What? Just where someone says, "No, nah, I don't. I don't really want it." You know, it no. happened at the end of Hoosiers. You've probably never seen it. I haven't, but I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> professional athletes don't say, "Nah, somebody else can have that yeah. awesome opportunity." I don't think so. So it's not Noah Brown's <laughs> fault. Use me as a decoy, and then he'll take the last shot. I'm happy that he's here. Well, he has the body type that it just. I don't know. To me, that's how I see it. When I see his body, I expect more because of certain players that his body reminds me of that have given right. me more. So I think that's that's been the problem for me is because of his physique. I'm yeah. kind of expecting more, but I'm not getting it. Now, because he looks like Des Bryant. Yeah. And he doesn't play like Des Bryant did. And maybe there were many times like where now. I got confused oh, when yeah. he started playing oh, other. I'm like, Noah gosh, Brown. I would forget. From our, from our you know... Space uh, needle press uh, press box spot. I mean, it's not that high, but it's we're up there. You have to find out what is wh- who's got blue socks on, who's got the shoes on. I mean, because there's many times we're like, oh, go Noah. It's like that's Des. Like, yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's not his fault. But, not his fault. All right, before we take our final break, uh, if you had to rate the 2017 draft, how would you rate that overall? Mm. Just like the no, uh, well, it's bad. Well, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad because it's not. You don't divide it by eight, nine picks here. It's like yeah. the first pick takes off like fifty percent of mm-hmm. it, and then after that, and so the fact that one guy is still here and he's Jordan Lewis, and he's maybe he's probably not even going to start. He might be your technically two because Noah too. But yeah, oh my bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, Noah Brown. But the, the fact that. Yeah, you don't really have you don't a, think about it. You don't yeah. really have a clear cut starter out of this group, and your first round pick. You didn't even want him on the team. Mm-hmm. You wanted you didn't even want him to see if he could develop. You just said, 
We're done with him. Bad draft. Yeah. Yep, that is a bad draft. All right. Well, let's take our final break. And when we come back, we're going to move on to the 2018 draft. Okay. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. Join us at the official 2021 Dallas Cowboys Draft Day party presented by Miller Lite on Thursday, April 29th on the Tostitos Championship Plaza at the Star in Frisco. Enjoy NFL draft coverage, performances by the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, live music, and so much more. Admission and parking are free. For details, visit dallascowboys.com slash draft day. Glad to be back where we can do stuff like that again. The draft will be, will be here like you, you'll be here, actually here. What are you gonna do on draft day? You gonna do anything fun? I haven't. Uh, I'm waiting for the email telling me what I'm doing on draft day, but I assume I'll be here. Be right there, probably I'll be somewhere on... in this studio with a number of other people. Don't know who or how many. I'm sure all will be revealed within the next week. I hope. Yeah, just good to be back. It is. Kinda... Yeah, I mean, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to be able to do it the way we usually do it. Right. Although last year. <laughs> Despite the challenges, I thought it went pretty well. And yeah. It was pretty successful. I know people give us grief about the Zoom connection and everything, but we used we used 105.3s like big boy equipment for that. And broadcast, yeah, broadcasting well, from my couch was not my least favorite thing when, in the world. When uh, when it's all said and done for me, whenever however long I'm here, and you say give me some draft day memories for you, I'll be like 2020. I was I did a call with Jamie Fox. <laughs> and Demarcus Ware, but Jamie Foxx, and and they waited for three hours to finally go to me, and they did on when it was time to pick. And so Jamie Foxx is like, Nick, who who do you think we're taking? I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm I don't not, know, Willie I, Beeman. I was like, I mean, I don't know how you could not take C.D. Lamb. 
you know, I, he's right there. I don't know who this other defensive guy, but you got to take CD if he's still there. And um, so Jamie was like, you know, I forgot how it all went. I haven't seen it again, but he was just like, you called it, you called it. So, you know, I, I, I don't even know how I wrote my stories because I think I broke my arm patting myself on the back <laughs> after that. So. Um, the, the, anyway, CD, the CD pick and the the great Manziel-Martin debate of 2014 are probably, those stand out in my mind. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into 2018 and hope that this was better than 2017. So first round pick, Leighton Van Der Esch. Oof. That one's tough. It is. Uh, I mean, Very eh, tough. it's he's, below. He's, it's below expectations. I think he's met for me. He's met expectations. Because on draft day, you, you said... He'll make the Pro Bowl. He'll make the Pro Bowl mm. next year, right? As a rookie. Yeah, all pro actually. Yeah, all pro as a rookie. But see, so that that puts you here. Now he's been knocked down a little bit, but yeah. I, I don't. I haven't seen it since though. I haven't. I, I get he showed glimpses of it against Philly this past year. Like yeah, he 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 played like a badass in Philly. Like he came back and you know he forced a fumble. I think he had a sack. Yeah. Uh but God, he was so good in 2018. I guess it's maybe it's like a victim of your own success when you're so good so I quickly. Say, I guess you could say he's met expectations because he's um, he's made a Pro Bowl. He's made one Pro Bowl in three years. Doesn't matter when you expect mm. it to happen. It just it's happened. Well, and the injuries necessarily not his fault. You know, no, like but, it no, but it happens, was but, but it was said coming in that it, you know that was one of yeah. the reasons. You know, he had only he they knew about it. He yeah. played 18 games as a rookie if you count the playoffs, and he has played 19 in the two years since. And I understand that that's not his. It's not his fault. Nobody wants to get hurt. I'm mean, like you know, go. Sean Lee understands. Right. He actually said. <laughs> You know, Leighton said some great stuff last season about how Sean Lee gave him some great perspective about, you know, don't let your frustration about not being available get in the way of of coming back stronger and like approaching it the right way. Because obviously, I mean, Leighton remind obvious for a lot of reasons he reminds me of Sean Lee, but he has that like you can tell he's got that desire to be good to the point where like if he's not great, he's um, he's pissed off about it. Yeah. Like he didn't he didn't want to talk about his injury last year at training mm-hmm. camp because you could tell how aggravated he was that that it was even a topic of conversation. Right. So you know, I, I empathize with him, but yeah, nineteen games in two years and you know they got to decide what to do with his fifth-year option in a couple of weeks. And if they draft a linebacker in this draft, I won't be surprised if they don't pick it up, honestly. Yeah. And if you're not if you're not going to pick up the fifth year option of your first round pick, then I don't think you've met the expectations. So that'll be the barometer what they do in the yeah. next couple weeks. But yeah. that's, that's just, just kind of how I feel right now. All right, second round, Connor Williams. Mm. Met. He's met. met. He's met expectations. Met. Yep. And I think I also think you know I think it's probably fair to say Connor has been the weak point of the offensive line for most of his career here. But he also plays with two potential Hall of Famers, and mm. a guy Travis Frederick was on a Hall of Fame trajectory before he retired, before he got hurt or sick. Uh, and Lyle Collins, when he's been healthy, he's been very good. So, does that mean Connor Williams is bad, or he's no. just playing with a bunch of really great it, players? It doesn't because I, I'll, I'll take you back 13 years when the offensive line was about the same: three Pro Bowlers, a right tackle that was solid, and then a left guard that was, you know, he was just. 
pretty good. Kyle Kozar, he was a pretty good player, but he was just with three pro bowlers and another pretty good right tackle. It's very similar here, you know. If but, Connor Williams is the worst member of your offensive line when it's completely healthy, then your offensive yeah. line is probably good. I still think he would be a better tackle. I'd be interested to see it. I think he'd be a better tackle. I'd I don't be think interested we'll to ever get it. to see it. Not at here. least not here. Not yeah. here. At this point, I think you're probably right. But I mean, but then again, I mean, I don't think he would have been a better tackle than the two that are starting. So no. So that's and that it kind of goes back to what you said about Rashawn Slater and Panay Sewell yeah. is. You're going to draft a guy, what was Connor, like 51st overall, I yeah, think? Yeah, something. You're going to draft 50. him that high and just have him be your swing tackle, and right. if all goes well, he's not going to play? Like, I don't know if that's a good yeah, idea. No. The, so, it, it's he's He's been good. He's, and credit to him to, for what he did last year. I yeah. mean, he was – I mean, not going to compare him to Connor uh, – <laughs> Connor Williams, how we're going to say the same thing. Not going to compare him to Zach Martin, yeah. but – Based on the fact that he was available all year, except for a quick moment there where he got a little bit injured, but he was consistent last year, and that's the one thing that you needed the most from what we saw. I think he missed one snap in a year where yeah. everybody else was just beat to hell coming off. Somehow that he was, yeah. Somehow he was able to stay healthy, mm-hmm. and, and he's another guy that has suffered and dealt with other injuries in the past as well. Met, yeah, met expectations. All right, third round, Michael Gallup exceeded, exceeded expectations. Not much easily to say there. Everyone knows him and mm-hmm. how well he's done. All right, fourth round, Dorrance Armstrong. See this. This is where it gets tricky. Below. Mm-hmm. See, I say, I say, uh, met. I say met. Mm-hmm. I I was about to say exceeded, and then when I think, well, I should think of Dak, but that is like such a that's yeah, such an app. That's ridiculous. But Tapper. No, you know what I when I think of like a good or what a a great fourth round pick is capable of, I always think of Anthony Hitchens. Yeah, like that's if true. if you're capable of finding that with pick like one twenty six. Then you know I don't think as a fourth round pick again like teams cut fourth round picks yeah. all the time like you don't see it often as a rookie but like in your second year and definitely in your third year if you're not cutting it you're not guaranteed to be here so okay but for him to hang around for three years and you know not be amazing but be a valuable role player here's why I say below expectations because just like we said about Connor Williams well he didn't he didn't play tackle or whatever well of course not and look who's there here. But since Dorrance Armstrong has been here, this team's went out and traded for Robert Quinn. They 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 had to go get um, Alden Smith, um, and those guys were playing and playing over him. They you know they they have obviously you know they re-signed D Law, and then they got Randy Gregory in here. He I mean they it's been a position where they've been trying to turn over rocks here to to try to help this thing. So uh, he's a fourth round pick. You wouldn't expect them to have to try to do all this. You would hope that he'd be. A guy in the mix and not somebody. Well, yeah. he's not the answer. So that's why I kind of say below his stats haven't been great. But you know, he's he's a he's a special teams kind of glue guy. You just think maybe a little bit more for a fourth round. I pick. had a higher expectations for him because since the moment he got here, Demarcus Lawrence, for whatever the reason, took him under his wing. Yeah, and I would see that, and he would talk about him and he would be kind of his guy and I thought well if the if D-Law is taking you under his wing is because he must see something in you but then it just again another guy that necessarily didn't necessarily I guess turn I out did, great I kind of said this about cornerbacks too but edge rushers and again there's an there's a there's an exception for every position Jared Allen is a likely hall of famer he was a fourth round pick but like by and large 
edge rushers are drafted super duper high. Like a four, fourth yeah. round edge rushers very rarely turn into those types of players. So maybe maybe I have that in the back of my mind when I cut Dorrance Armstrong some slack. But I think, you know, well, if the owner didn't bring him up in every other interview right. he did, I don't think people would hate can, him so much. Can I tell you why my expectations were higher for him? Why? Because he wore number two at Kansas. He wore a single-digit number as a pass rusher, and usually you wear that, and you're like, that guy's going to be pretty good. Yeah, just think well, the, You just think he's going to be. I'm, I wanna pull, I'm pulling up his college stats right now. He was I pretty mean, good. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had 16 career sacks at Kansas. Because he fell he fell to the Cowboys in the fourth round. I mean, there were projections. He would be a second round or maybe third. He's, so. he's, he's met the expectations for where he was picked, I guess. All right, next one, uh, Dalton Schultz, also in the fourth round. I swear, every Matt. time, every time we do this, I'm just like, man, that's tricky. Like they're all like, Matt. you would say, you would say, didn't meet. You would say below expectations if he hadn't been so good last year, though, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. because yeah. he was not meeting them last year. He shocked the hell out of all of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, some of us, you know, some of the people on this one uh, wanted him cut. And, you can uh, call. You can say my name. Put a name to it. <laughs> Amber. Yes, me. I think there were more than that. one. I think there was more than one. <laughs> I I didn't really see the point. And then, but then Jarwin got hurt, and when he got hurt, it was like, oh god, what what now? Yeah. Can you go get somebody? And he comes in and, and has a, a a really good year. But I think what it shows is the guys around him. I mean, the tight end in this offense is could could probably going to get you sixty five. He catches sixty five to seventy. How? Long down the field, though, and that's what Jarwin's going to be better than Schultz because he can spread it a little bit. You don't see, you didn't really see Schultz making plays down the field. He he did his job. He made a couple. Yeah. He made a couple, but for the most part, he turns around, catches the ball, gets up the field. He knows where to go. He showed a little bit more. That's toughness. what you hope out of a guy yeah. like him. Really. I just I, I I think Met is right, but I was so I was so impressed with him last year, especially well, not only that, but last year. you know Jarwin tore his ACL like thirty seconds into the opener. <laughs> And I mean, and Dalton even he'll he's he wasn't ready. He wasn't, good he, in that he wasn't ready for it. He <laughs> no. he had a bad night. And then a week later, nine catches for eighty-eight yards and a very nice touchdown. Yeah, and a, a nice catch touchdown. over yeah. like over good coverage against the Falcons. That's I mean that's a hell of a response. And then obviously, you know he had comparable stats to the guy who made the Pro Bowl. We said that a lot during the season. Yeah. So I don't I don't if, very know, very if impressive. A Pro Bowl snub. Which you really didn't have. I'm not going to call him a Pro Bowl no, snub, but he was but... probably the closest guy you could really make an argument for, unless yeah. you want to argue that Zach Martin, even though he didn't play a lot, but or Amari, I, I would say Amari. Amari. Yeah. Any, either way, yeah, met expectations largely because he was yeah. a badass last year. Uh, fifth round, Mike White. Below. Um, below. <laughs> if you don't finish your contract, especially as a quarterback, because like teams are, Mm-mm. you know, you're looking for reasons to to hold on to a quarterback, and if you don't make it through your rookie contract, that's not great. Sixth round, uh, Chris Covington. Nope. And below. Below. Uh, then you have Cedric Wilson. Also exceeded. In the sixth round. Exceeded. exceeded. He would have made the I team really as like him. he would have made the team as a rookie if he hadn't gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. He got hurt like right at the beginning of that camp, and they just put him on IR. Um, so yeah, ex- I mean, exceeded. If you're pick two hundred eight and you're still here, uh, this many years later, yeah. exceeded. And the fact that he's kept you intrigued, which to me that's also something to look at. He's a guy that 
I'm intrigued about and I want to see more and I want to see what how you know what he can actually develop into and some of these guys I mean you mentioned names and you quickly just kind of they're so forgettable and mm-hmm. you're like yeah yeah he, he left right. whatever but he's a guy that has kept you interested um, despite the injuries now seventh round Bo Scarborough hello uh, I mean, I mean, it's a seventh. Made some play against yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, when he's when he's running the ball against him, and you're looking around like, oh, good, good pick. Like, why, why'd you cut this guy? He looks better than Zeke that day. I will. It's funny because you know, especially as somebody who covers the draft, I'm like, who? It's a seventh round pick. I, it feels harsh to even say below expectations because seventh round picks don't even make the team. But there was so much hype on that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a star at Alabama. Alabama's running backs are always great. I know, I know you guys hate this. Was it a name thing? Oh, a name. Oh boy, I got killed for that last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, it's not a name thing. It's a, it's a what? It's a get off the bus guy is what it was. It was like this guy's a running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll find a spot for him. You know, and um, you know, and then the Lions did. I don't even know if he's still in the league. But no, he wasn't a name guy. He was just. He was more of a. This guy will kick your ass, kind of. Well, guy. and like I said, you know, Alabama's. I know you don't watch a lot of college football, but like for years. Alabama, it's like, well, their starter's great, but look at this backup. Like, Derrick Henry was turning heads when Mark Ingram was still the starter. Uh, and um, who's the other guy I'm already uh, – Trent Richardson, like, you know, Mark Ingram and him. They were like, oh, my God, the backups. Eddie Lacy was a backup on those teams. They are like, the backup's better than the starter. And the same thing with Bo Scarborough. And he just – it didn't translate to the league the same way it did for a lot of those guys. Let me, let me clarify this, too, because I had a few people on Twitter – that misunderstood what I said. Let me just let me say this. The name thing? Yeah, I don't think the Cowboys <laughs> drafted him because his name was Taco. Okay, that's not what I said, and that's not what I meant. What I'm saying is the whole persona of him, which is created at Michigan. I'm talking about the guy that looks like this. I mean, he's a really tall guy. He's got an intriguing name. You're not going to forget Taco Charlton, right? what he looks like, what his name is. It just builds into all of it. Let's look at this. Let's, let's look at Taco again. And, yeah, you see some good plays and all that. I just think it just plays into it. I'm not saying you draft him because that's his name. Because, I mean, if that's the case, Lucky Whitehead would get picked in the second round or something. I, I'm just saying there's a lot of that. But I, I just think it just built the whole persona of him. And, you know, I, I don't think it would have been the same if his name was Mike Johnson. I it's just don't fun- think it would. I find it funny that coming from someone who speaks English so well and is so articulate, you're always having to come back on the show and re-explain yourself. I was about yourself. to say that. That's like a, a theme a little bit. Is Nick is like, all right, let me let me just clarify a let couple me clarify things. Something. Maybe if I wasn't getting cut off all the time, I could finish a point. That's fair. Oh my god. No, that's funny. Yeah. Um, okay, so we finished that one. If you had to rate that draft overall, how would you rate it? Uh, I I would call that. A, a good draft. That's a B-plus B draft. B, B-plus. B, B. It's a good draft. I mean, you get a Pro Bowl season out of Leighton. You've got two quality starters in Connor and Gallup. Both of your fourth-round picks are still here doing things. And you got a late-round find in Cedric mm-hmm. Wilson. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Leighton. You know, he's still he's got one, potentially two more seasons to kind of, yeah. you know, the book is not closed on him, so that's, yeah, that's, I call it a B. I would call it a B right now. And if Leighton rediscovers himself yeah. a little bit, then I would and, grade it even and better. You also got to think about you know you're picking nineteen. When he he was the nineteenth pick, I mean you're picking nineteen twenty ish at every round. So I mean that's you're already a little bit behind. I mean it's hard to mm-hmm. have great drafts when you're already when you're starting at nineteen. 
Um, but you know, I think it, it was good. A lot of question about that pick, Leighton Van Risch, and myself included. I mean, I was I was not a big fan of that. I don't, you know, most of us weren't. I don't like, and Brian is right about a lot of people. I'm not trying to dog him, but like that, that was not Brian's preferred guy. And the way he shot out of the gate and was an all pro right off the bat, he shut a lot of people up. Yeah. Or again, we'll see what happens. You know, he's got at least one, if not two more years. We'll see what the final tally looks like. You know, I thought, uh, I found find this a lot more interesting than I thought I would. Just looking back at previous drafts. And and just comparing not just each peak pick peak <laughs> sorry that, that's what I get for making fun of you Nick mm-hmm. <laughs> there's my accent um, no but just looking at the drafting overall and just comparing kind of what happens year after year and how whether they were successful or not successful so it's it'll be interested interesting to see if we finish this next week with Derek and just kind of look at maybe if there is a trend where you go from a really good draft then kind of right. eh, not good then decent then maybe good again i know i mean the cowboys need to put a little more emphasis on free agency i think we would all agree but the draft yeah. the draft is the lifeblood of the league like it's all it's not just and, and it's not just about finding stars it's about that I mean, that's how you control salaries. It's not necessarily fair to those guys, but that's if you get great players and you don't have to pay them a lot, that's how you compete and win playoff games. And that's what makes it so interesting. And looking at the Cowboys is fascinating, or you can go look at somebody else and be like, well, that's why they're good. They mm-hmm. found five Pro Bowlers in the same draft. Or, yeah. That's why they're bad. 2009, they didn't pick until the third round, and none of their picks worked out. I, not to bring that sore subject up, uh, but... <laughs> All it's, right. Well, it matters. We'll see um, what if we get to finish this next week, and then I'm sure uh, we'll talk more about the draft, we'll, which will be the following day, and an exciting day to finally get some answers and see what actually happens. For Nikki Mint, David Hellman, and Member Garcia, this has been the break on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!